Okay, we are here at the Wauwatosa Historical Society. We are located at the Neelan Walker House, which is at 7406 Hillcrest Drive here in Wauwatosa. So we're heading up to the door. Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. Welcome to Tosa Talks as we visit the Wauwatosa Historical Society to learn about the city, its history, upcoming events, and a community that stands on its own. From the first seconds we walk through an immense door, we encounter a river of history Tosa can be proud of and call its own. Hello and welcome to Tosa Talks. Who do we have here today? I'm Alyssa Weber. I'm the Executive Director of the Wauwatosa Historical Society. I'm Natalie Weisong. I do programs here. Welcome. And how did you two get involved with the society? I started working here in 2012 as the communication specialist and worked for a few years and then went away for a while and then came back as um, in a different role um, in 2016. Okay. Great. And Alyssa, if you could kind of take us through the story of how, you, how you've gotten here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm a proud Wauwatosa resident, so um, wanted to stay here where the kids are going to school and enjoying that. And I actually had Natalie come and speak at one of my events at one of my previous employers, and she was amazing. And it was really great to hear about Wauwatosa and the history of Wauwatosa. And so when I was kind of doing a little research, I saw that they were hiring executive director and that's it. Here I am. So, yes. So in, in terms of uh, how this uh, place functions, a nonprofit. Right. Obviously. And right. have you uh, have you always been involved in, in nonprofits? I haven't. Um, it was just kind of something that sparked my interest. I've worked with a lot of nonprofits, um, but know how they run and know how there's, you know, you need a lot of volunteers. You need a lot of manpower to make it work and um, really work with the community. So. Um, I was excited to, to jump on board. Yeah, it's a, a fantastic uh, organization. And just yes. coming in here today through that giant, immense door, yes. uh, you walk in and it's just regality everywhere. I mean, right down right down to the tea set we're having. That's true. Yeah, yes. so thank you for that, that Earl Grey, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so this, this building, this society, uh, how long has this been established in, in Wauwatosa? Um, well, the Historical Society bought this house in 1987. Historical Society itself started it in 1977. Um, but there were uh, probably at least two, maybe three attempts to start historical societies um, before that one took off. And then I, I think kind of uh, because the, of the bicentennial in 1976, if you look at um, a lot of the founding um, dates for a lot of local historical societies, it was right around that time. I think people just began to be aware of the fact that they wanted to know a little bit more about their history. So the, the historical society that actually finally stuck was the one that started in 77. And then the house was purchased 10 years later. Great, so there was a couple of false starts in there. <laughs> the US had their own uh, uh, foibles as well. So League of Nations didn't work out. Let's try it again. United <laughs> Nations, here we are. Yes. That's good. Yes. So uh, how connected are you both with 
with Wauwatosa. So Alyssa, you had mentioned personally your family lives here, your school, uh, your kids go to school here. Right. What, I- what is your investment in this community? Um, it's, it's definitely something where when my husband and I moved here over 15 years ago, it was a place where I finally said, I think we can stay. I really like it. Um, I just like that how close it is, obviously, to Milwaukee and getting downtown and doing things that way, but also that small community feel where you feel like your neighbors and, and, and everybody's kind of going at this together. And it's, you know, it always takes, as people say, it takes a, a community to raise your family and really help each other out. And I felt that with Wauwatosa. So we placed here and um, I've lived a few places throughout the city. Um, I'm now on the west side, but um, my kids love going to school here. Um, very involved. So I'm really excited to do that with Natalie and Nan, who are here in the office and all of our volunteers. And uh, so, Natalie, you're, you're uh, full-time here? Uh, no. Um, I, uh, I do some volunteering here and also work part-time. Okay. And there's also uh, Nan as well? Yep, Nan as well. Yep, uh, and we're all part-time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it takes many hands, right? Yes, yes. it does. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, obviously, Wauwatosa, lovely community, uh, very successful, you know, independent, been going strong for a long time. Um, the historical society is working on, you know, getting some years behind it, and seems like it it has a bright future. What is that? What is what are some events coming up that that you guys are really excited about? Yeah, we obviously ha- are continuing on right now with our Firefly Art Fair, which is that first weekend in August, the third and the fourth. Um, so it's really great to have artists in the community come and join us and really bring the community in. It's been kind of a staple here at the Historical Society, so um, we're continuing that and kind of adding new elements to it as we kind of move along. Um, then we also have our Oktoberfest, which has been a big thing that we announced during our membership drive last week. Um, so we're really looking forward to throwing that on the grounds, and that's September 28th. So we're in the process of um, getting the community involved, um, I'm working with the, the German clubs at the high schools to kind of mm-hmm. add that element to it. So really adding, you know, getting local musicians, um, local brews, um, the mayor's coming in to tap the first keg. So really kind of, and I know the community's excited about it because we've had a couple of meetings and they're like, wait, we can walk to Oktoberfest? I'm like, yes, <laughs> walk on over. So it's going to be really great to use the grounds that we have here because they have so much potential and they're so beautiful and we we're lucky to have that. So to use them for events like that, we're looking forward to it. So, and then we also have our home tour, which is in October. Um, So we're gathering right now the houses for that. Um, So that's October 5th. So that's coming up and has also been a tradition here at the Historical Society. And um, having like our garden sale, which is coming up May 31st, which is, you know, and we don't like to use the word rummage, but it's a a big rummage and garden sale that we have here um, that our community can come and donate items. Um, And it's been run really, really well in the past and has been attended really, really great. So um, we're going to continue on that. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything, Natalie. Am I missing anything in general? Uh, No. Okay. Yeah, you're getting it. I'm getting it. I'm doing it. Yeah, you guys are... (laughs) You guys are all over. You're all over. We're all over, Ryan. But <laughs> along with that, we're just really excited to be talking to you today and really taking, as I say to Natalie, you know, we have these resources. We have the, we operate the Little Red Store in the village. Right. Um, 
huge rental um, success for us there to have the communities involved in the village there and um, to really take it to that next level and get the, the, you know, the community involved and even some of the, the younger parents who may not know about us. Um, so to really kind of hit that demographic. It's wonderful. Yeah. So we're broadcasting here from the historic Neyland Walker House, mm-hmm. built in uh, 1890. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just gorgeous. We'll do a little tour afterwards. You and I can kind of go through and you know yes. uh, look at some of the details. But you have other locations. So the Little Red Store, can you, can you guys talk a little bit about that? Just kind of where it is, how it's used, uh, how you interact with, with the village. So um, the Little Red Store um, is really kind of represents the, um, the heart of what people think of as Wauwatosa. And um, it was built in 1854. There were older buildings in the village, but because uh, there was a fire in 1895, which pretty much um, the the firsthand accounts from that time described the village as uh, ramshackle. Hmm. Um, So most of the structures were kind of wooden and randomly placed. And um, the fire started in a bakery about where Pizzeria Piccola is. And pretty much it burned the whole village, which was at that time like 13 buildings. Um, the Little Red Store survived um, just because it was across the tracks so, and right out of the south way. South of the river. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's never been moved, sort of like that giant log cabin. It has actually been um, moved like slightly. It used to be at uh, sort of a different angle to the railroad tracks, and now it's actually parallel to the railroad tracks. So it, it hasn't moved. Um, addresses uh, no. Right. no right okay right, <laughs> right. Um, and so it it's had probably it's had dozens of businesses in it from um, it w- being a doctor's office to being a shop um, to being um, it was a saddlery and harness and blacksmith and Republican meetings were held there and it was a library all kinds of things and um, it had pretty much gone into disrepair um, and I, I kind of feel like when the, so the historical society, um, worked also with getting a grant and the family who owned it, the Jacobus family, and as they started to restore it, it, it kind of gave a center to the village because a lot of change has happened in the village since that renovation. That was just kind of the first step. I, it feels like, you know, and then you kind of have that central spot. And then, um, so um, a, a lot of uh, development has happened down there kind of since the Little Red Store. All thanks to the Little Red Store. That's that's mm-hmm. how I feel. So yeah, when uh, the when did the uh, the refurb first take place? What year was that? Uh, roughly? I think it started around like 2008, 2009 yeah. was when things were really starting to happen. Right. Excellent. Yeah, and then kind of an end cap. I know left left's expanded, and then everything in between right. mm-hmm. the right. village, mm-hmm. some of the lowland right. group, and, and all that. So that particular area, a lot of people do think of as uh, kind of the heart of Wauwatosa, just being the village. It's a cultural landmark. It's got you know the kind of Bavarian architecture. I may be off on that, but um, it it certainly is stylistic in its mm-hmm. design. So. Uh, for instance, when you had to shift the angle of the little red store, was that like a building code, or or how do you get along with, with the village and the city? 
I guess it's a bigger question. So how how do you get along? We like them. We like them a okay. lot. <laughs> They're <Great>. our friends. <laughs> Great. I love you, City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's wonderful. That's not always the answer I got, by the way. Uh, so that's that's wonderful. And um, so how do you, okay? So you guys love the city, and how do you collaborate with uh, some some other entities? So uh, you know, there's Midtown, there's East Town. Uh, can you speak a little bit about that, Alyssa? I think um, since I've come on board, it's been really important for me to go to the, the neighborhood meetings um, that they have their association meetings. So it's been really good to kind of see where their needs and wants are from the historical society or what their maybe their opinion or, or what they think we're doing over here and to kind of educate each other. And a um, lot of them are members. A lot of them are members. So it's it's really nice to kind of see like, you know, go into their, you know, their group and really see what they're doing and how they need our assistance. Um, so it's been really fun to kind of figure out partnerships and, and work together with, with the associations. Um, so, so the Neighborhood Association, mm -hmm. the, the TOSANAC, you got it. You yep. see them pretty active on, mm -hmm. on social. Mm -hmm. um, are a number of those people volunteers here at the Historical they are. Society? Yep. And one of them's a board member, too, that, that also runs the page, too. So she's very active here. Um, so it's been nice to have that, that kind of crossover. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So um, speaking of crossover and historical societies on the whole, mm. do you work with Milwaukee Historical Society, Cedarburg Historical Society, just across state, anywhere? Where do you get your ideas to keep, uh, you know, good events going and um, make sure you're keeping track of the right things? I think, and Natalie can speak on this too, I think, I mean, since I've gotten here, it's been really nice where I'll say, hey, Natalie, who do you think has done this well? You know, and she'll, she'll mention a historical society that like, hey, check out their website or check out this or check out that. And then also with Milwaukee County Historical Society, um, Mame is the executive director there and she's been great and supportive and we actually met last week. Um, so it's it's nice to kind of see, and and we're all in the same the same nonprofit business. So it's nice to kind of scratch each other's backs and, and give each other ideas if we can. Um, you can kind of speak on that too, Natalie. So uh, there is an annual local history conference, um, which is a hotbed of ideas, <laughs> um, and um, they the the uh, it's put on by the state. So there, the state is actually an amazing resource for local historical societies. They get all the money, um, but they do uh, programming that we can use. Sometimes they do like traveling exhibits that are free or minimal charge for local historical societies. Um, we did one of those um, when uh, just uh, summer ago when it was the. Um, the 50th anniversary of the fair housing marches in Milwaukee. So we uh, got that exhibit and set it up in the Little Red store. Um, but there's also just, you know, the State Historical Society has a lot of resources. They share a lot of resources. But there's a lot of little um, historical societies like ours that are um, often some kind of house museum um, and then members. And um, so... There, there are tons of workshops and things of, you know, how to do fundraising, how to do member retention, what kind of programming to do, how to involve the schools. So it, it's a um, three-day conference, two-and-a-half-day conference every year, and um, we always go to it because um, they have it, 
you you would basically be missing out on a ton of ideas. A hotbed of ideas. Hotbed. Hot <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. So um, you've obviously had a lot of successful events here since this place incorporated, even before your time. So what are some of the events or some of the marquee events that uh, people speak about and look forward to every year? I definitely think Firefly is, is the, the top one on that. Um, it's something that I, as a community member, knew about, and I didn't even actually know that the Historical Society was responsible for it. So I definitely think that that has you know, gained you know, recognition on its own, I would say. Can I just ask, can you, yeah. can you just tell our, our listeners a little bit more about what that looks like? Yeah, sure. So Firefly is a two-day event. It's from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m., and it's on our grounds here at the Neyland Walker House. And we have, you know, between 70 to to 80 artists that come in, all doing different and styles of art, um, and they have their booths. So it's it's you come on in and you check it out and purchase and support these local artists. Um, obviously, food is available, um, live music. Um, so we make it a, a, a festival of the arts, and and so it's really nice to have that on the grounds. And and then inside the house, we also have an exhibit. Um, that kind of takes a life on its own. And this year we're really excited because um, Rachel, who is in charge of our exhibit, is researching and will be displaying cookbooks throughout the years and how they have changed and um, made an influence. And she was just kind of telling me um, while we were meeting that little did we know that in the time, you know, where cookbooks were just coming out, it was a way for women to speak to each other and give possibly their political opinions because it was the only outsource that they were able to do that and so she's finding cookbooks that have you know political statements in it or ways to kind of communicate with other women um so it was it's been really interesting to kind of see how this this cookbook exhibit now has has legs and so it'll be really nice to have the community come in and check out that you know after they're you know after or before they go and check out what the artists have very cool Communist casserole. Yes, communist oh, casserole. Boy. Keep that down. <laughs> Keep that down. It's hard to chew. We're moderates yeah. here. Um, so there's obviously, you know, we talked about the fire a little bit and then, you know, kind of the early days of, of Watosa itself. So uh, I understand you have a, a research library here and obviously are, are stewards of the days of yore. So what are some some stories that that often come up are themes about Watosa that you just love to tell your guests about and members. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll start, but then Natalie can dive a little bit more. We have uh, every Wednesday here is our research day. So the community is welcome to come in between the hours of nine and three. Um, we appreciate a call too, if you're able to do that, to give us a little background on what you're looking for so then we can be prepared so but what's really great is that we have this amazing team of volunteer researchers that come in and are in the library organizing our files keeping everything accurate and also assisting the community when they come in for these these requests so um having that and having you know it's like it's wednesdays are so much fun here because it's you know people call in and want to know about their house that's a big thing we're I just bought a house on Wisconsin Avenue, and you know I want to know who lived here before. Is there a story? Um, and and sometimes we can we can find a story. Um, so it's it's really fun to get the community involved, and then they become members because they they want to know more and and get to enjoy what we're doing here. But Natalie is kind of in charge of um, you know with programs, which is great with the schoolhouse, but also assist the researchers on their their path yeah. up there. 
I, I feel like um, that is really the essence of mm-hmm. our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- we have a lot of primary resources that I think people um, might not think of. Uh, we have a lot of maps, um, original maps that aren't anywhere else. Um, we have uh, thou- thousands, over 10,000 photos. Um, we have letters. We have diaries. Um, so these are things that um, th- they aren't anywhere. We're anywhere else, and we're slowly digitizing things so you know people can have access to them. Um, I would say um, if there are any questions that are sort of um, that persistent, you know, through the years, um, people want to know about the county grounds. And um, that's where the Eschweiler buildings are. And right now there's the um, medical complex out there. Um, and it, it, I, it's really just luck that that's part of Wauwatosa because it's, um, it's Milwaukee County, um, but uh, they established things just kind of as far to the limits of the county as they could, which ended up kind of being Wauwatosa. So um, we are the steward of a lot of resources that are related to the county grounds, including um, burial records from the poor farm. Um, there, there is actually that they also have that at Milwaukee County, mm-hmm. but um, our volunteers are the ones who are digitizing that and slowly going online, just page by page. Um, and that's been about a ten-year project. Um, so people. Um, that there were there were all these medical facilities out there, and um, it was often people who were at the very margins of society who ended up there. Um, so, um, sometimes they were um, uh, indigent um, mothers who gave birth. Um, it was a, a lot of um, th- there was a, a facility called. Um, there was the insane asylum, which is not the Eschweilers. Mm-hmm. It, th- these buildings are all gone. Right. Insane asylum. Then there was the um, building for the chronic insane, and then just the plain insane. The um, plain insane. Yeah. You over there, <laughs> right, just right. just plain crazy. You seem <laughs> chronically crazy. You go there. It, it has a very long history. Uh, there were um, buildings starting out there in the mid 1800s, and. Um, so it's always been concerned with health and mental health. And um, even though it sounds um, a little savage to us to have people in a place called uh, the Asylum for the Chronic Insane, um, it was considered at the time to be very um, cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, the grounds were beautifully landscaped, mm-hmm. and um, the hope was that people could you know, walk around and get some kind of um, uh, remedy from nature. So it was, it was very um, ahead of its time for its time. <laughs> right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, language changes very, very quickly. You can even look at, um, you know, uh, sitcoms in the, in the 80s that, like, may have been progressive then that seem kind of uh, mm-hmm. demure now, um, and then vice versa. People speak very openly about things True. that may seem very coarse right. to us now or mm-hmm. – um, know me too movement right. and things like well that. there were probably all kinds of things that you couldn't talk about that were reasons people ended up in those <laughs> places that's um, for sure yeah you know it, alcoholism or suicide attempts or anything you know yeah, that was hush. right it was not treated it was just that was like something shameful and the concept of mental health it was right. either you were okay or you were right. 
plain insane. insane. Chronically insane. <laughs> Chronically right. insane. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's interesting, the, the geography of Wauwatosa, how it does kind of meld with uh, greater Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And that particular area is so interesting because you have the medical complex, which looks like its own city at right. this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Right. Does it have its own zip code? No, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's 226, not yeah. yet. Not it's getting yet. big. Yeah. But um, you also have the uh, you know technology, innovation um, um, area. Uh, you also have the you know UWM, and then you know Mayfair is changing, and there's just which are very different from the village, which Correct. we were talking right. about right. you know a couple minutes ago. So there's there's a there's a real variety in terms of not only geography but commercialism, industries, and things like that in Wauwatosa. And my question to you both is, has Wauwatosa always been so self-sustaining and, and diverse in its its uh, functions as a town? Diverse how? D- diverse by... Commercially? Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, it seems like, it, it definitely leans on Milwaukee, but it almost doesn't need it. You know what I mean? It, it really stands on its own. And it has it always been so self-sufficient in the way it operates as a community um so the the um first industries here first industry was flour a flour mill or grist mill um and that was um the famous charles hart um who basically the you know the there's so there's the Menominee River running toward Milwaukee and um, you you can't really tell it now because the river has changed a lot but there was probably um, a, a 17 foot drop here that is what sort of attracted him to this spot um, and he, there wasn't really an area that was that you know big enough to get that sort of power. Um, anywhere else on the at least close to Milwaukee um, so that that and then you know shortly after just within a couple more years um, there was a sawmill so um, and, and I think Milwaukee used that mm-hmm. it, um, you know they 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 came um, there there was another mill a little bit further east mm-hmm. That was uh, probably a little bit before that Hart's Mill, but that one just became um, much more, uh, you know, maybe it was bigger. I I, I don't know, or maybe there was easier routes to get things to it. Um, And then uh, the the next people who came were probably primarily farmers. I mean, the the land was sold up in huge sections, uh, you know, around... um, just within the next couple of decades. So it, there was not this whole, um, it, it was traveling to a new place if okay. you left Milwaukee mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. to Wauwatosa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of ag- agriculture initially. Um, Colonel Hart. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, there's definitely some forefathers and, and foremothers for sure mm-hmm. of uh of Wauwatosa and what are some of the big names that come up a lot so obviously Hoyt Hart yeah we um, were just talking about this yeah because they get they get a lot of recognition but they weren't the first here like Natalie right. and I were were speaking if you want to go into that Natalie yeah, sure yeah, yeah. I, we, we are on the homeland yes. of Potawatomi 
and Ojibwe. Uh, I mean, the, the reason that, that Charles Hart set up that mill when he did is because the Indian treaties had basically kind of consolidated those Indian groups and pushed them west. Mm -hmm. So the, the land basically was just getting started, yep. getting opened up, mm -hmm. and he was pretty much the first opportunist in. So um, the, you know, there were different ideas about what land ownership meant, uh, which is what those treaties took advantage of. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, the, the river, if you look at old maps, which uh, I, I occasionally nerdily draw. Oh, um, you can well see. <laughs> I know, Part it's really Cartology. Well yes. <laughs> um, the, um, the, the river has changed a lot. And it, it was, um, you know, it really used to spread out in its banks. And then probably when it, you know, receded a bit, it might have had a slightly different channel, you know, year to year. Was that, just quick, was that urban engineering? Was that people doing that or was that floodplains? It was probably it just flooding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and so the, um, that, that was why there were so many natives, Native Americans living here. You know, they used it for transportation. They used it for fishing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so they would, you know, it, it was the, the, the movement, you know, the, the, rich soil that would be left behind after a spring flood that would get farmed on and then you know it might change a little bit in the next decades sure um so uh it th they got pushed west and um and the then the white settlers basically started to come in the opportunists mm -hmm. yeah. the opportunists yeah. pretty much yeah well i mean I think so many themes of what uh, we've talked about today could almost be its own series. So think about that. Mm. There's a lot here. Mm -hmm. There is a lot. Many directions to go. Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing that I like to do on the Tosa Talks podcast is just have guests uh, tell one story. It's an acronym for Tosa, tell one story authentically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if each of you could kind of just tell one story why you love Wauatosa or something that strikes you as fundamentally unique about Wauatosa or something you heard about Wauatosa and you find to be true or not true. I would love, uh, I would love for each of you to just tell one story about Wauatosa that you may have told many times, but uh, I think our, our viewers and listeners would love to hear that now. What do you think, Natalie? Is there a story that sticks out to you? That, that's actually a really great question mm -hmm. um i my background is mo mostly as a writer and and um as you can probably tell <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were a cartologist yes i did she, she yeah. has many talents um, <laughs> she has many talents this does so this basically uh, so whenever i do something i'm always trying to find like what is the meaning like what what is what why am i doing this what mm -hmm. is the meaning for this and um the the state historical society um I'm telling you this story to tell you why I can't tell you a story. The State Historical Society is, is uh, opening up a new museum within the next few years. It, it's going to be amazing. It's on, going to be on the Capitol. They've uh, gotten uh, input from any local historical society that's willing to share uh, with them. And what they've asked for from each one is how, would, how do you represent your community? Like what is your – what is the – essence of your historical society and 
um, I, I find that really tough. I've tried to ask a lot of questions of, of members and just people who love Wauwatosa, you know, like what, what do we, um, what do we represent really? Uh, what is the meaning of our, of our, um, this, this place? Yeah, our community. Mm -hmm. What yeah. do we stand for? Yeah. Speak, speak about. And, um, I, I, I don't really have an answer yet. I mean, we, there's, it's, um, I do think very much of Wauwatosa as like, uh, my, my, my son is a student in Madison and when he comes home, he says, ah, back in the Shire. And I, I feel like that is kind of what it's like. It's a little bit of um, very s kind of self-sustained in many ways. It's really, it, it not only feels good, but it, it looks good. Um, it's a little bit idyllic uh, surrounded by reality mm -hmm. um, in a way. It's um, a nice so description. Mm -hmm. It rings true. That, I, that was an amazing answer, though, I have to say, because if there's one person who's not going to tell one story about Wauwatosa, it's the person that is, like, in charge of all the stories. So you get you get a, a free pass today <laughs> with that. No worries. But that, that, that is incredible, and there's, there's just so much uh, history uh, to work with and, and think about, and, um, you know, just it's hard to capture. It's intangible, right? Like the feeling of what Wauwatosa is that I – not idealism, but I idyllic shire in, in the midst of a grim, rough world. Uh, it is kind of like that, but um, it deserves to be that, too, because the people that live here and the people that make it what it is mm -hmm. today mm -hmm. work hard yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're not trying to box things out. No. They're no. just trying to prop this up because they love and care about Wauwatosa. Agreed. Yes. It's wonderful. Um, so, same question Yeah, I think... For you. Um, yeah, like Natalie said, edit how you will. Um, <laughs> no, I think t to me, I, I wasn't born and raised here. Natalie, Natalie wasn't either. So I think I'm maybe and Natalie as well coming at it from a, a different perspective. Um, I was raised in a small town in Wisconsin and, um, which town, um, in Fond du Lac. Ah, okay. Um, so this to me is, is similar, but also very, very different. Um, so to, kind of go with that um the home feel where like natalie was saying when her son comes where i feel safe in my community i feel like i'm at home and i can be myself that's what i would definitely say wauwatosa makes me feel it makes me feel that cozy feeling of home um but also in the same um light it's i love that it's so much a part of of Milwaukee and that it's slowly kind of bleeding into that um that that I like that a lot I like the the diversity that's coming um I like that um as Natalie said you know it was kind of built up this way but it's it's not it's it's slowly not the diversity of Wauwatosa's building and I love everything about that um with that being said I I also have told Natalie that um when I moved here, I could definitely sense a difference between the east side and the west side of Wauwatosa, mm -hmm. which is so strange to me. But um, I'm with you. <laughs> I, it's so strange to me. But at the same token, um, being that I'm I'm now a west sider, um, it there is definitely a different feel, but also a definite definite sense of community where we're, we're all coming together. Um, so it's def it's something that I'm I'm excited to see that you know bringing 
bringing the the West Siders into the East community and back and forth, um, I've seen more often now. And I know that probably sounds really silly, but it, it is true that there is a separation. Um, but it's it's been really fun as my daughter plays basketball and they'll play East and I laugh because she's like, oh, I got to defend my friends, you know, mm. and it, it becomes this community where you're, you're, you know, playing against your friends and, and things like that. So one of my goals is to really bring the communities together, um, however I can do that at the Historical Society, but really kind of um, bringing that separation, um, get, filling the gap. Um, but I would say that Wauwatosa is a place that I've, I've somehow, I, I always get directed back here. So there's obviously a reason and a community feel and a warmth to it that, um, like you said, people want to stay. We've, um, we've also talked about how um, the Historical Society, because of the two properties, it operates the Little Red Store, mm -hmm. which is very, um, th those are the roots of many of the industries in the whole in the whole village. You know, all the things that were there, that there are many things that aren't even industries anymore, but that, that built the village, you could say. You know, the, the um, blacksmith and the post office and the train station um, was all in that little building over, and then... So that's one end of it, the sort of grittier side of it. And families live there, mm -hmm. um, maybe sometimes above their shop. Um, and then this house, which is um, definitely, you know, the um, very much the high. Yes, yes, exactly. Posh and, you know, working class. So um, that is one thing I think that the historical society represents is kind of both sides of Wauwatosa mm -hmm. and we were super happy that we can open up the house and try to get everybody in um, to see both of the, both of the places that mm -hmm. we have you know if, if if people give us money to keep this house up then they can live in like really regular houses and they can just come in here and just like oh I don't have to I don't have oh, to uh, use the space. Keep this yes, up, yes, right? Yes, just yeah. like very European. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying this is a pub? Yes. Well, yeah. we can make it that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yes. Exactly. What do you want it to be? Yes. What do you want? She's working on it. Yeah. But yeah. we do. We want this to definitely. And we're kind of going off your question here, but we want this to be a community space. Um, mm -hmm. We want this. We want the community to come in and use it. Not That's what exclusive. it's here for. Yes. Not at all exclusive. And we've right. had baby showers here. We've had Don't Christmas you want to have a parties. cocktail party Don't here? Don't you want to I have do. a cocktail? Yeah. Yes. This place exactly. is great. Yeah, yeah, so everyone needs to use it, as same as the Little Red Store. I mean, it's here for the community, so. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad you two are here for the community. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. So and I guess you the last. Well. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So the last thing is, I know you guys are active on social media, mm -hmm. so people can connect with you there. Yes. Just, you know, Google, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. Um, how can people become more involved and where can they find you physically in this building in Wauwatosa? Yeah, um, physically in this building in Wauwatosa, we are here Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. So they're obviously more than welcome to stop by. Like I said before, if they have something that they want us to kind of peek farther into, into the preservation of, of any of their pieces or their homes or um, definitely give us a call and we can help them out to get that rolling. Um, but yeah, we're here from 9 until 3, Monday through Thursday. Um, get involved, become members. There's lots of great things going on that they can be a part of. Um, and we, my biggest thing is to continue to be a part of this community and, and get the community. We haven't talked much about it, but Schoolhouse is something we do with the schools here. 
And that is a huge memory for students that have been born and raised here. Um, I, I, the first one we had come through, it was like a, an emotional experience of all these kids coming in and be like, we know this about Chosa and we know about the big fire. And I'm like, oh, you little historians. But it's just, <laughs> it's really great to see that. And then when I say it's time to go back in time, we go in the back door and our schoolhouse teachers ringing the bell and they, they literally go back into time um, to talk, you know, to have school like the Wauwatosa kids did. Um, so it's really nice to, to have that and to have this again on our property that they can just walk right back and, and use our using schoolhouse. So um, it's just there's so many elements that aren't being as used as much as we would like. And yeah. so that's why we're like, come community, come and join us. We're here for you. So Well, thanks for having Tosa Talks here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming. You got it. So I guess without any further ado, that's it for today. Thanks, ladies. You got it.